Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Janice Cannell, for today, Sunday, July 1st. Welcome to the show. For those of you who are listening uh, by phone, we ask that if you have a comment or question that you would press the option to speak with the host, and we can get your question or comment on. For those of you who are listening online, if you have a comment and question, you can send us um, a tweet at beauty underscore talk, um, or you could also send us an email at beautytalkmedia.com at gmail.com, and we'll get your uh, questions on right away. I'm going to turn it over to Denise um, so she can um, introduce herself as well. Good evening, everyone, and again, once again, welcome to the show. I'm excited about tonight's show. So uh, one quick little uh, tidbit for the beauty news, and then we can just jump right in. Um, So get ready, get ready. It's coming back August 2018. Uh, The Powder Group Summer School is, is back. Coast to Coast Inspiration is free for the Powder Group uh, Pro members and comes um, at a minimum cost for others. Um, It will be taking place this year in Boston, New York City, Atlanta, New Orleans, Dallas, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Chicago. So details will be coming soon, and as soon as the Powder Group has information on uh, the dates, of those uh, classes and, you know, exact locations of where everything is going to be held, uh, we'll get that information um, out to you on the beauty news. And, again, as Janice stated earlier, we will be tweeting from at beauty underscore talk. So join me over there um, as, you know, during tonight's show and, and get your thoughts and your comments. All right. So tonight's special guest is celebrity hairstylist Robbie Rogers, and we're just going to, Bring her on the line and uh, have her introduce herself. Welcome to the show, Robbie. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hey, hey, hey we're fun. good. How are you? I'm good now. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yes, it has. I'm happy to see you. Yes, same here, same here. Well, we are so happy that you uh agreed to come on the show tonight. We do appreciate it. Um, so we're just going to jump right into the conversation. First, why don't you introduce yourself and, and tell us what you do professionally and what what inspired you to um, become a hairstylist. Okay. Um, first of all, my name is Robbie Rogers. Um, I'm a hairstylist and a wig maker and the department head of hair for the talk show, The Real. Um, I live in Los Angeles. Thank you, and I have Lonnie Love. <laughs> yes, I um, love it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, 
I've been doing hair for actually in the industry for 28 years. Um, what wow. inspired me wow. to be a hairstylist, yeah, a long time, so don't tell my age. But <laughs> <laughs> um, since I was a little kid, anything that looked like hair, I cut it. If it was curtains, uh, chairs, the trimming on the chairs, carpet, anything. So hair is kind of something that kind of was in my DNA already. She didn't say she gotcha. tried to style it. She said she cut, she said she cut it. She didn't try to style it. She cut it. <laughs> I, I just wanted to cut. Cut everything. <laughs> so is that one of the is that one of the areas that you really excel in when it comes to hair is cutting? Um, actually, I I tried to wig not, making. The wig making is my thing. I do love yeah hair. Okay. anything to just take a bundle of hair and turn it into a live person to make or change somebody's life has become like a huge passion for me. So that's mm, where I get really right. get my joy from, you know, to help women that have uh-huh. cancer and alopecia and balding, you know, and premature mm-hmm. balding. Like that has become something that's very like dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So when you were, when you first started out in this business, no, first of all, where are you from? Um, originally from Ohio, um, but I moved to um, Pasadena, and I grew up in Pasadena, California. Ooh, I love Pasadena. I do, too. Yeah. Um, um, so <laughs> what was it like, what was your life like, and what was the business like when you first started out? Um, my life was, it, it, it was, I had a, it was, I was in high school. I started going to cosmetology school in high school as a, um, through, um, why well, I can't remember it, through, like, after school, well, actually a program at school from the career center. And yeah, I can't think of it. I don't know why I went back. Yeah. So I started going to cosmetology mm-hmm. school in the 12th grade. So then I graduated mm-hmm. from high school in 89, and I graduated from cosmetology school in 90. So hair was, the, anything that had to do with hair, I just wanted to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted the knowledge. I wanted to be around hairstylists, educators, specialists. If it was short hair, long hair, texture, weave, like it was just the whole everything about hair. I just wanted to be a part of it and to be around those type of people. So mm-hmm. when I started in the business, you know, education was a huge part of us. It was a trade shows. We did platform work. You know, it was like a right. huge camaraderie, which is good to see how. Now the lot of the younger hairstylists are starting to do the same thing again. Mhm. Oh, nice. Mhm. No. Do Do you think Do you think like the industry has gotten away from like some of the things that you know that you're used to seeing and doing when you first started, and then do you see it? I mean, because I know in all industries it seems like in beauty people have gotten away from the things that we used to do. And slowly but surely, things are starting to, to you know, kind of turn back around a little bit. Like, you know, let's just say, for instance, with makeup, you know, um, uh-huh. there are a lot of makeup artists, you hear them talk about, you know, the whole Instagram look. And you see, you know, you see the Instagram makeup, but then more makeup, more makeup artists, especially veterans, are trying uh-huh. to kind of like pull pull that Hold the beauty industry away from that look and coming back to more clean beauty. Do you see that right. kind of happening in hair? 
I do, and I'm happy about that. That's something that I've been preaching and, and talking about since this whole the whole Instagram thing came around because people started, if one person had it, that became the look for everybody. You know, right. when I started doing hair, I learned to bring out the beauty in each person. Pick a feature mm-hmm. that really that you that and play that feature up on a person to bring out their pretty. That's what I you know, I call it right. I like to find the pretty. So mm-hmm. I think we need we are starting to get back to more individuality and the yeah. pretty part of right. the hair care of the hair business and seeing that people you know, they're going back to short hair. They're, you know, they're doing more colors that complement the skin tone, not because a celebrity has it or, right. you know, another influencer has it. It's what complements them to make them feel pretty and look pretty. So, and I'm right, happy that hair care is coming back, you know? Yes, yes. Because every hairstyle is not for everybody. It's, and it's like always, like how we always say, you can't just, you know, it's not a paint by numbers with makeup. You can't just highlight and contour in the same places on everybody because everybody has different face shapes. You know, everybody different. Everybody has different features. So, so yeah. So it's the same thing with hair. It's like everybody cannot necessarily wear the same look. Absolutely. Because you have different facial structures. So just because one person can wear a bob, another person that has a square jawline can't wear a bob. They have to do a lob, which is a longer bob. To, to lean right. out, the chin, you know, that jawline. So right. like, we need to get back to the basics of what's in the cosmetology book as stylists right. to to, to right. recommend what's best for clients instead of allowing clients to dictate to you what they should be wearing. Right. That's because now what's happening. SOTs. Exactly. But now what you're seeing now with hair and makeup, just all over in beauty industry, even with barbering, everybody looks the same. Because everybody's wearing exactly. the same look or trying to wear the same look. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's Absolutely. crazy. It's crazy. So when you when you were early on in your in in the business, like what were what were some of your goals for yourself in the industry? The goals that I have for myself was to be known as one of the best hairstylists, um, to be mm-hmm. known as one of the best educating hairstylists. Um, healthy hair hairstylist, and mm-hmm. and to make people feel pretty, to make people feel good. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you want to set yourself up financially to be able to take care of yourself. Right. But right. the main thing was, I just want to be able to be that hairstylist that people feel pretty and feel good about themselves. Right. Now, now was that was that just like with the everyday woman, or or had you started working with celebrities at that point? Um, it didn't matter to me. That was with, you know, everyday women. Like I will have people say, do you do every, everyday people's hair? I'm like, I don't, uh, are you every day? Like people are people, <laughs> you know, it's just everybody's career is different. <coughs> Celebrity's right. job is to be on TV. Your job, your professional makeup artist, your professional, your doctor. It's like, it's not a different, people have to stop labeling a who's better than who. It's not that. Yeah. Is just as a yeah. person, you know, right? What can I? Right. And I try to make the hairstyles co- coincide with the job. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to go mm-hmm. in the doctor's office and your hairstylist got pink hair. 
I mean, your doctor has pink, blue, purple, green, turquoise. It's, it's a distraction. You can't focus. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You know, you got to be accountable for your hairstyle and your lifestyle and your career at the same time. So, you know, I just try to help balance that out. Right. It's so true. It's so, so true. (laughs) It's so true. It's like I can't focus on what you're telling me because his hair colors is, like, stressing me right now. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because I can't remember who it was. I I had the same thought just the other day. I saw somebody and – I, I think their hair was like pink or it was it was something pink or blue or, or or lavender or something and I can't remember the profession they were in but I just kept looking at it like this is distracting. It is so true. You have to be you have to be cautious of your career when you're dealing with hair color. It just it's just people just forget about that and they just focus so much on Instagram and the influencers and the celebrities and the, and the music um, artists yeah. that they forget that you work mm-hmm. in a professional environment. So, you know, we just got to, we as professionals and makeup artists and hairstylists have to get back mm-hmm. into taking, not really taking control, but just being more of a voice and speaking yeah. up and saying, you know what, like, let's talk about this. Everything's not yeah. a rush. Everybody wants to come right. in a rush. I'm not that kind of stylist. If you're in a rush, we can reschedule when you have time. Because I need to have a conversation to figure out what's going on. <laughs> you know, you got to get back to that because it's just yeah, absolutely. This out, you know, so. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, when I first met you, it was probably uh, maybe about ten, eleven years ago, and it was on um, three can play that game. Yeah, and you were. Vivica's Vivica Fox's hair and makeup person. Yes. So talk a little bit about because I want I want hairstylists and makeup artists to hear this. Talk a little bit about those responsibilities as being for a celebrity, whether it's whether it's on a, a film set or whether it's a music video or whatever. But just talk a little bit about those responsibilities because. You know, for like for me and Janice, we're both, of course, makeup artists. So when yeah. we're working with a celebrity on set, we're just doing makeup. So it's okay. you know we don't have to think about anything else. But for somebody who's doing both, like how is that? Is I mean, do you find it to be challenging, or is it just second nature for you? Uh, um, tell us a little bit about that. Um, okay, so when I started working with Vivica. Um, I worked with Vivica for like eight years. I was her personal hairstylist and makeup artist for eight years. So mm-hmm. when you work with a celebrity, you have to be in tune with that person. It's kind of different now. I'm, I'm just going to mm-hmm. say this real fast because back then when I was a personal with her, you were with that person all the time. Right. Now it's celebrities, they chair hop. You, you, yes. you know, they, they be with this person, <laughs> this person's hot on Instagram, so I'm going to work with them, I'm going to do yep. this, I'm going to do that. So you don't really have the personal mm-hmm. relationship that I experienced a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I went, was with her literally like eight days a week, uh, traveled with her, <laughs> we lived, you know, did work in, lived in Toronto for two years, working on a TV show um, called Missing, and then we, you know, would travel back and forth to the States to work also mm-hmm. on the weekends. So 
then you had to learn to balance out time management. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn to, she needs to be on set or getting dressed at this time. They want her to be on set at this time. Okay, we need two hours. I could do, I have two hours for hair and makeup. So I would do get it down packed till you get a rhythm. You got to find a system. Right. You know, you got to, it's, it's like you got to find a system. You got to find a pattern. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. So then that way you keep yourself on time and you have to be cautious. Some days you can chit chat, some days you can't chit chat because you, you're working mm-hmm. off of time and you want to be production friendly. Right. So I was able, I worked with her so much that I was able to get it down to an hour and 20 minutes for hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have to be professional, you know. They're not there yeah. to listen to all of your problems. I call it dump trucking. It's like whatever is going on in your life, we don't have to hear about that. This is not mm-hmm. the time to do that. We need her to focus. And when she would be in the chair, she's on the computer, she do her thing, and then I'm like, okay, at a certain time, I'm like, you want to run lines. Let me hear what you have to say. Let me hear what you're going to think. So then that way I can help her get ready to go on set, and then we can get the day going. You know, so you become, mm-hmm. you know, like, help with the reading scripts and running lines. You know, you're the hairstylist. You help. Sometimes you might end up being an assistant. You know, I made sure that she had her food. You know, okay, we, we she on a diet. I need to go to the craft truck. She wants to have a tuna salad at lunch. You know, like I have her water. I know I can't give her too much water because then she's going to make her go to the bathroom. It's like all these things you have to pay attention to. It's not just about you. You're not there to be the celebrity. Right. I was there right. to help her work, get through the day, have a good time and fun throughout the day, but also know my place as I'm still working. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, that and was think, what I wanted to. Yeah, I think that's sorry, what's ahead. getting crossed. I'm sorry, I didn't have to cut you off, but that's what the lines are getting crossed because people are trying to be the celebrity with the celebrity. It can't mm-hmm. be two celebrities mm-hmm. working. You either let mm-hmm. them do their job, and then when on your off time, then you do your social media, you do what you're supposed to be doing. But they want to, it's, it's crossing. So in the midst of it crossing, that you're losing a professionalism. You don't know set right. You know right. what I'm saying? You don't know exactly. where you're supposed to be. You don't know what's going on next. You don't know because of concern, because there's so many people off of Instagram that's coming into I'll say the union, because we're all in the union, which deals with mm-hmm. film and television, they don't know set etiquette. So when it comes, right. you have to learn that it's certain places you need to be. It's timing. you got to watch the clock. you got to be quiet. You can't be on the phone. You can't be filming everything. You need to know what you're supposed <laughs> to be doing. Right. You know? So right. it's like it's right. that part that is getting crossed, and that's where the, right. the problems are coming. I deal with it on the real. And I end up turning into the bad person. I'm not a bad person, but people have, they have, I try to explain to them, I'm the department head of hair. If the union happens to come and you're on this floor and you're not union, I have to stand in front. I'm, I get a fine. Too many of them, right. I'm standing in front of the union meeting on trial if I'm going to be suspended or not. It's not worth it for me. Right. It's not worth it. That's right. You know, so when you do come it. to the real and you're not union and I say something to you, for those of you that are listening, please don't be mad at me. I'm just doing my job. That's all right. I'm doing. <laughs> right. right. And, I mean, because I mean, this is your livelihood. 
So, yeah, you don't need to be expelled and not be able to work. Right. So I don't blame you. I don't blame you. See, the, the, yeah. the, the funny part about it all is you're in a non-union, I mean, you're in a union state. Yes. I'm in a non-union state. So if a, if a non-union person is on set, it ain't much I can do about it. Right. And it ain't much that the union is going to do about it because the union is so afraid of being sued. So they're not right. going to touch it. They're just going to allow right. it to happen. And then, you know, here we are. We got people on set who really don't know what they do and all they know how to do, according to themselves, is beat a face. But it ain't about beating a face. It's about creating right. a character. But yet we got people yeah. on set who think they know everything. And like you said, they don't even know set etiquette. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so we, Rob, we try to figure it out. Uh-huh. Exactly. exactly. Before we... Before we get into the meat of, of what you've come to talk about, I just want to ask one more question about your career. And you just mentioned the real. I just wanted to ask about the real, um, you know, it's a daytime television show. Can you just kind of, like, take us through the process, you know, like how many days you guys are filming the show, well, you know, what it's like, what you have to do to get, are you working with all the girls or just one person? Or what's, what's the whole process? Okay, um, so I run the hair department. I'm a department head of hair. And so I handle the human interest. If we have celebrity guests that need touches or want full hair makeup, uh, Melanie Mills is the department head of makeup. Um, I have the models, if we have models there. I also take care of Lonnie Love. Each of our hosts has their own. So I do have other um, hairstylists, Rachel, who takes care of Tamara, Rachel Mason. I have uh, Ray Dobson, who takes care of Adrian, And then also there is Noogie Tai, who's with Jeannie Mai. So I do have a great hair team um, that works there with me. So I go, I figure out what's going on in the hair, in the hair department hair room as far as guests. Mm-hmm. And then I go down to see Lonnie. And once she comes out of briefing and done with hair and make, well, I mean with uh, makeup and wardrobe, then I can come in. I have all her wigs hanging on a hook on the yeah. wall, pre-prepped. <laughs> because I do handle mm-hmm. another area, I have to kind of pre-prep everything so right. that if I whatever if wardrobe changes or she decides, oh, I'm not going to wear this, I'm going to wear something else, then I can just grab something. We can. I let her pick because it's not me going downstairs. I like to let her right. get involved in picking what she wants to wear. And then if it's something that kind of don't work, then I'll say something. But then, you know, I'll do mm-hmm. tw- real quick tweaks if I have to. But, you know, that's really mm-hmm. the day-to-day process. We shoot two to three shows a day, uh, Monday through Wednesday. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so let me ask you that. So you said you said Melanie Mills was the makeup department head. and. Yes. So how does how does that work on the makeup side? Does does all the girl all the girls have their own makeup, and those yes. makeup people are a part of Melanie's team, or are they like personals yes. to these people? Okay. Um. Well, they're they're personals, but we do make sure that everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing and where they need to be. But everybody mm-hmm. does have person have personals. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Because you know it's, it's too it's it's a lot going on and it's you know moving around and hair and makeup everybody has to have their own people if you can't do it any yeah. other kind of way yeah exactly exactly cool. so that's the now, life of the real 
Um, Here at Beauty Talk, we've started a campaign, which we call the Definition of Beauty Campaign. And this interview tonight actually starts off that series. Um, Okay. Over the last nine years, when we talk to different people, at the end of every episode, we ask the question, you know, what's your definition of beauty? Um, Mm -hmm. So... Because we try to, I mean, we know we talk about hair, we talk about makeup and, you know, anything that's from the beauty industry, uh, products and all of that stuff. But, you know, beauty to me is not always about makeup or hair, Mm -hmm. you know, or what you see on the outside. Um, So that's the reason why we ask the question. And we try to, sometimes we try to get into um, those types of issues here on that show, so, you know, going beyond the powder and the paint, um, okay, and really getting down to the to uh, what people are dealing with and, and the things that they are experiencing as far as beauty is concerned. When we used to have celebrities um, on as guests, um, one of the questions that we will also also ask not only what's your definition of beauty, but also how do you um, believe Hollywood defines beauty, and you know we would come. They would come up with all kinds of of answers. Um, mm-hmm. Over your career and your life, actually, um, mm-hmm. what was your idea of, of beauty when you when you first started to be a hairstylist professionally? Um, what was your idea of beauty at that time? Um, as far as like when I got in the industry, yeah, well, or just basically okay. over your life, but as well as, but as well as when you got in the industry, because when you got in the industry, you know, you were working with celebrities, working in, you know, in Hollywood, um, you know, like how did you define beauty at that time, and what was your idea of beauty and um, beauty as a yeah, like to image, and, yeah, beauty as beauty. it relates to your image, beauty, yeah, okay. beauty as it related um, to you. Well, beauty related to me was just me being myself. This is before mm-hmm. I started working with celebrities. You know, I wore, I cut all my hair off. I wore my hair short. I was like a size one, three, you know, with these big boobs. And it was just, it was just me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just, mm-hmm. I was myself. It wasn't no pressure. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I dressed however, you know, I was never a, I'm a wear all labels kind of person. I wore what was cute for right. me and what worked for me. Now, once I started working in the industry, everything changed because then I saw mm-hmm. and could feel the pressure of how everything mm-hmm. is visual, you know, right. the judge of, of how you look. Everything is literally how you look. If it's, do I look old? Mm-hmm. Do I look too fat? You know, is my boobs too big? Do I need boobs? You know, do I need to go on a diet? You know, so it became that. Mm-hmm. So, so the pressure... It, it it changed once I got dealing more in depth in the celebrity side of the industry. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're you're married, correct? Correct. How long correct. have you? How long have you husband. been? How long have you been married? 
Um, I've been married for four years. I didn't mean to cut you off. I've been married for four years. Oh no, no, you fine. Oh no, it's it's, it's always a little bit of a delay. So like, if you don't, if you say something and stop talking and you don't hear us say anything right away, it's because it's a little, it's a little delay. So we're trying not to talk over each other. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so you've been married for four years, and okay, so that's more that's more recent than when you were um, first starting out. Um, yeah. At what point, okay, so you said there were a lot of pressures once you got into the industry, and as everything was about how you look, how did that, how did that affect you? Um, it, it kind of started bothering me for a while because it was like, uh, you know, you were here, you know, just being around different people and you know, you're around athletes, you're around just people. You know, you're mm-hmm. around a whole bunch of people, mm-hmm. different celebrities, different just regular people that's with them. So you start looking around and seeing so many different images, you kind of forget what's re- what's reality. You know what I mean? Right. So I would always right. hear like, uh, oh, you're so cute or you're pretty, but you don't have no butt. You know, it became that. It was a lot of that. Gotcha. I heard a lot of that. Uh-huh. I heard a lot of that. So – you know, you start to, after you hear it and hear it so much, it just starts kind of, it's like planting a seed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of now, like, you it, it starts start rooting, rooting. Now, did you hear this? Did you hear this from women or men? Um, It was a little both. Mm-hmm. You know, it was coming, mm-hmm. it was just coming from people, period. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just was mm-hmm. coming from people, period. It's not a which one was more, it was just, it just kept, I just kept hearing it, mm-hmm. you know, and I just and kind of tried to ignore it. So did, did it, did, I, it, did it kind of, when it, when you heard it from men, did it kind of make you feel a little less attractive? Not meaning that you uh, thought you were ugly or anything, but just the fact that you thought maybe, maybe men would find you more attractive if you had a butt. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, is that what you're mm-hmm. supposed to have? You know what I mean? Because I right, always right. wanted to have, it's not so just for men, because it was something that I always w- wanted for myself because I was so top-heavy that right, cause a butt you knew you didn't have a butt, already, so yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so it right. was already something that I had thought about before, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to, that it would balance out my body, you know? Right. But it was like, okay, mm-hmm. God didn't give me that, so I guess that's what it's going to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then once you keep hearing stuff, you keep hearing it, it kind of just brings up what you had already thought about before. Right. You know, so, right. so it wasn't really like just a man thing, but it was just something that I had right. thought about. And then when you keep hearing people say it, it just kind of makes it come up more and more and more. Right. And, and yeah. a lot of times some people listening might might think, well, why would you let something like that bother you? But when when it's happening to you, that's easy, you know, to be on the outside and say that. But when it's happening to you, it's it's a lot. It, and it yeah. becomes a lot of pressure on you when you keep hearing it over and over and over and over and over. So, yeah, so yeah, I get it. Yeah, especially when you work in a, in a side and you're in, you know, in the thick of it, being a, you know what I mean, and you're around seeing how the pressure of celebrities have to deal with how they look and how they're judged. So because you, right. you, know, you don't try to, but you end up in that emotional thing with them because they're talked about every day. 
So then it starts wearing, right. you know, and you start feeling the pressure too. Absolutely. You That's know, wild. I get so, it. Yeah. So, to, so then that led to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it led into the topic of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So at what point? So at what point after hearing all of that, did you decide? Did you decide? Okay, I'm going to do something about this. Well, you know what? I was working in Atlanta, and it was when I was yeah. working down there with you guys, right? So you know, yeah. living down yeah. there, and you know, and working. So I'm just out, um, and you're walking around, and you're looking, and I'm saying, how is it that everybody in Atlanta has a butt? How is this possible? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? And I just, you know, and I would hang out with my friends, and I would be like, is it just me, or does everybody down here seem like they have a butt? And it just became <laughs> like an obsession for me because I couldn't believe mm-hmm. everywhere you turned, you saw cute bodies everywhere. So I'm thinking, God, yeah. okay, is it? I know in the South they always say corn fed and all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Thick and stuff. But I'm saying this can't be possible. Everybody can't have mm-hmm. a cute body, and I happen <laughs> yeah. to bring it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I brought it up, and I was with some friends, and one of them said, "Oh, I know my friend." I said, "What?" I said, "You know how to get a booty." And they were like, yeah, it's my friend. And, oh, my God, it was like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I felt, like, oh, my God. Like, I find, and all I kept thinking was I could finally balance out the boobs with a butt. That's all I was thinking. You know, I could mm. finally have my body proportioned. Because it was just mainly a proportion thing for me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, oh, my God, I want to get it. I want to get it. I want to get it. And then because it was so common in Atlanta that it was like, okay, it must be normal. It's normal. So mm-hmm. finished what we were doing, and I came. I came back, and I got it done uh, two weeks later. And, I mean, instantly I felt different. I just felt more, even though I was, I, I literally was so flat that just the first time really wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, I had it, and it just, the little bit I did have, it just made a difference because it was just like, okay, I have something to fill out some jeans, just a little something. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. ended up going again, and then I got hip. And then I was so thin, you know, and then mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I was super boxy. So then I was like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I need hip. So that I can have a curve more like a girl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I ended right. up doing doing that and getting some hips. So now I had like this Coke bottle kind of shape, but thin, <laughs> but still thin. Yes. You know, so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I can wear clothes. I look kind of, I look cute with my clothes. So it, I, as far as confidence, it made me feel better. Was it the right thing mm-hmm. to do that route? Absolutely not. Well, at the time, you thought it was the right thing to do. Exactly. At the time, I did. You know, yeah, at so the I, time. Yeah, at, the, at time. the time. I did. So I got it, the silicone injections, which is it's different from an implant because silicone injections is liquid, like water. Water, mm-hmm. and then after mm-hmm. eight hours, it settles to like a jelly. Mm-hmm. So I got the silicone injections, and my clothes fit different. I felt better about myself. My shape looked better. I felt great. 
It was perfect. So you know, to me. So let me ask. You, let me ask you this. So so where do, where does one get um, these injections? The silicone injection thing is kind of like it's an underground thing. So it's not where you mm-hmm. can go to a doctor and make an appointment and go. It's not that. It's an underground thing, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna just say that. Okay. Okay. You know. And so that. if if let's just say you know you have the injections done today and then uh, two months from now something didn't feel right with the injections. Can can you go? Is this a is the person that does this? Can you go back to them and say? Something doesn't feel right, or no? How, nothing how you can do? Okay. Gotcha. Nothing that you can do. I got my injections done in 2007, mm-hmm. and then I got I have 2007, and then I got you know the additions added on in like 2002. I'll say 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As far as I like get my butt done again in my hip, and then and I'll say like the first season of the real so I say like maybe 2014 it's a trip mm-hmm. because the doc the, the botch doctor that came so I was like oh my ass because I, had, I was like dang I want to kind of get rid of it you know what I mean like I mm-hmm. had it I'm kind of over I wonder if I can take it out so I asked talk I was asking them questions in the department hair room and they were like is that what you have and I said yes I do have silicone they was like no you can't take it out so I was like okay now I got to, I have to live with it I don't have a choice Maybe mm-hmm. three months later, I had my first swelling in my leg, and now I was the like, I didn't know what it, the swelling in your in your. Okay, so the last time you had injections, you said was 2012 like, around that way. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, and so then the swelling you noticed in your leg started in 2014. You said. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> So okay, so you started to the, see the swelling in your leg. Uh-huh, I had it, but I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe mm-hmm. I I hurt myself or did something happen. Maybe I went to the I went to the doctor and they thought I had like uh, hematoid arthritis, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, then it went away. Then I didn't have it again. Then it came back the next year. So I was like, okay, this is weird. This is, happens again. Maybe something I'm eating or maybe something, you know, I hurt myself at the gym. I, I couldn't figure mm-hmm. it out. So then it went away. So then it came back again, and I went to the doctor, and they thought I got bit by a bug. Mm. So they kept checking me for bug bites. And I was like, I don't think I got bit. And they were like, no, you had to have gotten bit for you to have, you know, for this to happen. So well, did I was you feel, like, no, Did you feel any pain? At that yes, time? I had my so the swelling. What happens is you get it feels like a little soreness, but a real bad mm-hmm. soreness. Then it starts mm-hmm. your legs start swelling. So then the muscles in your legs become real hard, like real real hard and solid mm. to where you can see it in your legs. And then the infection sets in. So now you got heat added to it and inflammation, and then your legs literally start swelling up to one leg is the size of two legs. Mm. And you don't even have enough space to really bend your legs to walk. It's that kind of pain, like that. So I kept having that come on each leg, and then I had it on both legs. So then last year, I had an episode, and I was struggling walking, 
And Lonnie was like, let me see your legs. And so she touched my leg, and she was like, that's infection. You need to go to the doctor, like, for real. So as soon as we wrapped, I went to the emergency to motion pictures, and he was the doctor was looking for a bug bite again. So he gave me emergency shots and then of, of antibiotics and put me on a high dose of pills to bring it down, right? Mm-hmm. So then I said, I thought about it. I said, I wonder if it's the silicone. Because I never thought about mm-hmm. it. So I asked him, the doctor, and he said, what? And I said, well, I have silicone injections in my butt. Do you think it's from that? He was like, no, that don't have nothing to do with it. He was like, no, that don't mm-hmm. have to do with it. He kept looking for a bug bite. So then I had to come back the next week for a follow-up appointment, and I had my other doctor. My doctor checked me, and I said something to her, and just so happened she's from Columbia. So when I said mm-hmm. it, she looked up at me, and it registered to her. And she said, ah, she said, it might be from the silicone. Right? So I started wow. researching and just doing my own research, 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 and then I found this app called Real Self, and it, it started, people started popping up that had had silicone removal, right? And I started seeing their comments were, yes, they had the swelling. Some people, it was in their legs. They were having um, uh, their butt swole up, the legs swole up. Uh, they were having where the silicone was trying to push through their skin. Like, it was all kind of And I was like, oh, my God, it is from the silicone, right? So when I went back to her, I had a conversation with her. And, you know, I and then she was like, okay, we'll keep an eye out for it. So then I didn't, for a year, I didn't have another episode. So then this past eight, May, I, I had an episode in my right leg. So this time in my right leg, my when my it went from Friday was like a little soreness on the side of my knee to Monday it was six by six. It was spreading real fast. So I went after the mm-hmm. after I called it when I was at work, and she said, "Come as soon as you can." So I got there after work, and she gave me emergency shots to try to catch it before it went full blown again. Before I start having the massive swelling and everything, and the skin turns black, it's a whole process. So. So then I already knew I was having these back problems. I couldn't stand up. I was having a hard time sitting down, standing up. Standing up for a long time when I sat, it would take me 45 minutes to literally get to my car to go home because my back was was hurting so bad. So what happened was my butt started blowing up like a balloon. It was weird. And I asked my husband, I said, my butt look different to you? He was like, No. I said, I feel like my clothes, the size is changing. Everything looks warp-sided and, and, and like, eye-shaped. And he was like, I don't know. So it kept blowing up and blowing up. It was literally blowing up. Like you see, like you bake a cake and you see how the cake rise. That's how my butt mm-hmm. was doing. And my hips was doing the same thing. So my butt and my hips have blew up to where my butt sat high off so far out and wide on the sides and up in the back going towards my back. So they sent me, she sent me to a back specialist, did the MRI. They found out that he was like, is this cloudy stuff right here? Is this the silicone? And I said, yeah. So it had, was blowing up so much that it was squeezing the nerves in my back. And it had pushed my bone on the right side. It had, how, how, if you look at the skeleton, how it's flat in the back, it had pushed the bone mm-hmm. to the side. So that's why I was having problems standing up and walking. Wow. Because from the silicone, wow. it was swelling up so big. 
So from reading on the Real Self app, which is a medical app, and reading different stories, I kept seeing Dr. Diaz's name come up, which is in Cali, Colombia. So I reached out to him, and he asked me, like, what kind of silicone did you have? I didn't know. You know what I mean? So then I felt like, dang, you don't even know what you got in your body. Then all those kind of mm-hmm. thoughts start coming. Like, you didn't have this for 11 years. You don't even know what it is. So I had to call the person that did it and ask them. And they were like, tell me it was hydrogel, which is a water-based silicone. And what were mm-hmm. you doing? And I said, well, I'm, I, I need to get it out. I'm having all these problems, you know. And they were like, are you going to a doctor in the United States? Please don't go to the United States. And they happen to say the same doctor, Dr. Andrews Diaz, in Colombia, right? Oh, wow. So so I was like, okay. So, so I was like, okay, I just had to get my thoughts together. So then I was looking – looking at him, his Instagram, and I saw somebody else I knew that had commented. So then they reached out to me. They talked to me. I'm not going to say their name, but they talked to me. They had their surgeries like five months ago, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is God. It's the same person. They're t- now my, this, my friend I know, who I didn't know had it, talked to me and told me they just had their surgery and walked me through it so I felt comfortable, you know? So I reached out mm-hmm. to Dr. Diaz again, um, and I made my appointment. I got my airline ticket. I told my one of my best friends, I have to go to Cali, Columbia to get this surgery. She was like, for what? And I said, she was like, no, I'm going. You're not going down there by yourself. She's a nurse, so that helped. You know what I mean? She went with me. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I talked. You have my doctor to Cali, Columbia. I stayed at the Vital Care Recovery House, and I saw Dr. Diaz. He came in to see me. Um, after he came back from Peru from a reconstructive, you know, uh, conference and mm-hmm. got my MRI done. I had my surgery May 28th. Uh, woke up during my surgery and I was like, Dr. Diaz, I'm awake. He said, I know I woke you up for speak perfect English. <laughs> okay. And I said, I can't see. He said, you don't need to see. I said, all I need to know is, is that big dumb booty and hips gone? Please tell me it's gone. And he started laughing, and he said, you want to see? Girl, he literally took nine pounds. He cut half of my butt off, my hips, and silicone had moved down into my legs. So he had to take the silicone out of my legs, cut my hips, and took half of my Mm. butt off, which was nine pounds. So literally I had a nine-pound baby I was carrying. Wow. Wow. From From that silicone. And he what he reconstructed me on the inside, and he took the bottom part uh, that was left where my good tissue was is to rejuvenate. He he literally reconstructed on the inside and pulled that part up to meet the original cut, and and that's how I have a butt with no deformity. When I say Doctor Diaz is a godsend, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I don't I don't know what I would do if I didn't was able to find him. But you said it, it was God, because it was was God that your doctor is from Columbia and could refer you to him. You know, even the person who did the You know, she she was like, my doctor didn't refer me. I found him on the Real Self app, and then my friend confirmed confirmed him Mm -hmm. because she had just had her surgery. 
So when I went back mm-hmm. to the doctor for my last episode, I told her that I was having surgery and I was going to Columbia. And she said, I've heard of him. I don't know him personally, mm-hmm. but I've heard of him about the remove, you know. So she kind of mm-hmm. knew, had an idea that she was like, you're going to the right place. And she was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, w- I look forward to seeing you when you come back. But I tell anybody, if you have to look on, you need to reach out to Dr. Diaz to get help. Because to live in the pain that I dealt with for the last four years and nobody knew is not worth it. It's not worth the vanity. It's not worth just. You know, your health is most important, and I just I just wish and I plead with everybody to get help. They need to really get help and get it removed. It's not worth it. You should go and, and, and reach out to him and have a conversation and just get it taken out because it's not worth it. And, and have you come across, well, first of all, let me just say we just, we thank you for coming on the show and just for sharing this story because we do believe it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you for, for, for being here and for, you know, putting up with the questions and, and, and being transparent and totally transparent. We appreciate that. Um, do you, have you seen more women come forward or more women responding? Cause I, I because I, I mean, I actually found out about the, your swelling and all of that from your Instagram post, and I was like, my God. I mean, I, I remembered you talking about it years ago when we worked together, but I never, I didn't know that you had, had gone through the process, and I definitely didn't know that this is how you're, you know, you were living your life the past few years. I had no idea, you know, you were going through all this pain and going through all this swelling and, and all that. And so have you seen women, you know, come forth now that you've posted about it and posted about the surgery and, and all the stuff that you're going through now on the back end? Have you seen people, have people reached out to you about it? Yes, I get people daily reaching out to me, um, asking me questions, um, talking about their situation, that they're scared, they don't know what to do, what should they do, and they ask me questions about my surgery which I don't mm-hmm. mind telling to help somebody else. And just mm-hmm. from them talking to me, I'll say half of half of the people that I've talked to so far has made, reached out to Dr. Diaz and made appointments to go um, have oh, their good. surgery or are already in the process of going. So, good. you know, it's, it's amazing how many people, and it is definitely an epidemic that's getting ready to come full force. You know, mm-hmm. and the sad part for me and just being back in the state is how unknowledgeable a lot of the American doctors are with dealing with this situation. I've been blessed to, mm. you know, it's like they talk to you like, like, like you're stupid, like, or to try to be sarcastic mm-hmm. or they... Mm-hmm. You know, they, they try to downplay what's going on with you because they don't know. I've been lucky that the right. doctors that I've met and talked to have asked me questions so that okay, if they good. come across another person with this situation, they'll know what to do or who to refer them to. 
because right. it's foreign. You know, it's something that's new. Right. So, or they're overcharging people's insurance or them or, you know, because they know it's an epidemic. And instead of them trying to help people out by removing it and leaving them with a normal life, they take it out. They remove, they do a silicone removal like they're punishing people. And that's why you have mm-hmm. so many people that's in the U.S. with deformities. Mm. Or, they look, or they don't have their good tissue. You know what I mean? But right. you need your own good right. tissue to help rebuild and regenerate new tissue so that right. you don't be deformed. So, you know, right. that's becoming a problem, too. So that's why I decided, and I've been praying and praying, and finally God put it, gave me strength to finally say something and talk about it on on social media because mm-hmm. I want people to know that you can get help and not be get help and be punished and left with a deformity because you had it. You know what I mean? We we all right. decided to get it, and that was a decision that we made. But we, just because we want it out or having problems don't mean that we have to be punished for having have gotten it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. right. So if I can help, so, so I just feel like it's now my job to help. So where are right. you? So where are you with it all now? Like you said, you got it done back in was it sounded like late May. How long does it take for you to heal? What's the process like? Are you finished, or is there more to do? Or you know, how does it um, work? Um, I had my surgery May twenty eighth. I'm a month since I've had my surgery. Um, most people can't sit on their butt for at least three to four months. Um, mm. Me, I'm such a strong-willed person, and all I kept thinking was, you know, I have to walk. Dr. Diaz said you need to walk so that you can generate, you know, you can get your blood flowing and let the fluid come mm-hmm. so they can remove it so you can start, your body can start working. So I literally walked for 18 days while I was there, and I was in Columbia for 21 days. So for 18 days, mm-hmm. I walked and walked and walked day and night. And then I had to make myself learn how to sit on my butt because I had a nine-hour flight to come back home. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to sit. So the first time I sat, I could only sit for 30 seconds. So I, I built up a tolerance for an hour and a half to be able to sit wow. to deal with the pain. So now I'm a, I'm a month post-surgery. Um, I can sit. Um, I have to sit on a butt pillow, but the nerves are working up, so I get, like, the shocks stabbing pains and this kind of stuff. So, you know, it's I have to stand up, walk around, you know, you up and down, up and down. But I'm trying not to sit on my butt so that it can just rejuvenate itself. So I have right. to lay on right. my side, lay on my side, lay on my stomach, walk around. Um, walking is good. They want you to walk. So you have to walk. Right. But other than that, I'm going to be swollen for about three months. At least mm-hmm. three months. And then, um, you know, uh, you probably won't start working out and probably till maybe like October, you know, the light workout. Oh, wow. But I go mm-hmm. back in March to get uh, another MRI. He took out 60%, which was the nine mm-hmm. pounds that he cut out. And then the mm-hmm. other 40% wasn't causing me problems, but it was a part of my good tissue. So you can't cut from the top and the bottom because then the whole butt dies. So right. he had to leave the bottom part and then reconstruct and pull that up to make me the butt that I have now. So I'll go back in March 
and he'll do an MRI and double check and see. I don't know. Some people get BBLs because they're still concerned with a butt, you know what I mean, to have. I still have a small butt now, which I'm fine with. Mm -hmm. But some people, they get Mm -hmm. so used to that silicone butt, the look of it, that they'll get a fat transfer, which is called a BBL. But I'm Mm -hmm. not concerned about that. Um, I'm just ha- I just want to be healthy. My main thing was I just want to be healthy. That's it. Right. It's mm-hmm. more so about ask you know you. being. Uh huh. I don't mean to cut you off, but let me ask you. We were no, talking okay. about we you know we briefly mentioned your husband earlier. Um, uh-huh. Tell me because you you said you've been married for four years, so you got you got the implants before you got married. Um, Injection. Injections. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Injections. Okay. You got the injections mm-hmm. before you got married. Um, mm-hmm. What What's your husband's thoughts on this this whole issue? You know, um, well, and I know that he, you know, he saw you in pain and the swelling and things like that. What's his mm-hmm. whole whole thought about it? Um, he was a nervous wreck. He just was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, what is happening to my wife, my baby? Like, what is going on? What do we need to do? Um, uh, he's just He's been a blessing. You know, he tried to help and doctor on me and, you know, rub my legs, ice my legs down, you know, try to do as much as he can. Uh, his main thing was, I love you. It's not about that. He was like, I just need you to be healthy. So if we need to get this removed, then that's what we're going to do. He was like, that's most mm-hmm. important. The vanity part of it, I'm not concerned with that. He was like, I'm in love with the person, not that. It's cute, right. it's cool, but I don't have right. to <laughs> gotta have that if that's going to be, you know, it's making you sick. So he was like, we need to get right. it out. So he was like, all we need to focus on is you going to Columbia, Cali, Columbia, seeing Dr. Diaz, have your surgery, and recovering. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So you know, he he would say, being funny, he would be like, okay, now explain to me how you going to look. Are you just going to be back and legs? Is that what getting ready to happen? And I'm like, ah. you know, I'm just trying to get a visual so I know. Is it just going to be your back and then go into your legs? I don't know. And I said, I don't know. You know, I don't know. So he said earlier today, he said, it's actually crazy. He was like, your butt is how it should have been at the beginning, you know, at first. Right. He was like, right. what he made, what Dr. Diaz made from the bottom part of your butt looks good on you. It's what you should have. So, right. you know, he's just happy that I'm healthy. You know, he'd be like, he got up, he fixed my breakfast. My mom is here to help, you know, make sure I have my meals that I'm supposed to eat because you have to eat food. You can't diet. Okay. So I have to eat right. food. Like potatoes and rice and beef, and you know, because you need well, your body to rejuvenate itself. It would seem to me that you don't have a butt by the time you recover. Right. I'm like, what is With all this food and, and, and not being able to exercise? What? <laughs> Man, but you know what? The crazy thing about it is, when I woke up from my surgery and you know, after you could feel your legs again and anesthesia wear off, mm-hmm. I literally felt. And I, this is a true story. I literally felt like God gave me my life back. I felt mm-hmm. different. I felt lighter. I felt cleansed. I felt like a renewed person. Like, I can't mm-hmm. even explain to you the feeling. Like, I feel so light. 
And in the midst of eating all this food, I'm actually losing weight. Like the weight mm. that I gained from this, because what happened when my body started rejecting, when I first got silicone injections, I was like 128 pounds. Mm-hmm. 28. Mm-hmm. I went from 128, right? When I had my mm-hmm. surgery, I was 184 pounds. Mm. Wait. When when you just had the surgery, you were 184 pounds? 184 pounds. My body was blowing up like a balloon all over. My boobs. Wow. Like everything. So now my boobs are so big and my body is, because my body is naturally little. So now that mm-hmm. it's, the weight is falling mm-hmm. off, like even like a week and a half when I, when I, when I would go to the doctor in a week, like I my the weight was falling off so fast within like I went I had my surgery four days later I was at the, for my checkup and I had already was dropping weight so fast and they was looking at me like oh my god so now I have to deal with getting a breast reduction and a lift mm-hmm mm-hmm because my boobs are so you know because they're so big yeah so yeah and it's not you know again now you know and that's I'm gonna cause you problems exactly so now mm-hmm. um. So, but eating the amount of food that I'm eating, my body is coming down so fast because I'm not normally a big person. Right. You know, right. so I feel I feel better. I feel lighter. I feel happier. I feel like all mm-hmm. the business and creative stuff that was in my head that was all jumbled up and rattled together, I can sort it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I write it in my journal. I've been keeping a track of my daily events and how I feel and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just feel like I have a second chance at life. And if I can help mm-hmm. anybody else feel the same way, then that's what I'm going to do. I'll talk yeah. to you. You can ask me questions. You can DM me. You can send me an email. I will answer every person that has reached out to me. I will answer you because somebody needs help. Everybody needs to know yeah. how to get help. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let, me, let, me ask you this, let me ask you this question. Let me let me ask this question really quickly, and I don't okay. want and and I don't want it to sound like I'm judging you because um, trust me I'm not judging you or anything, but I'm asking this okay. question because I know somebody's thinking it. Mm-hmm. So before you went to the guy for the injections, were mm-hmm. you concerned or maybe a little bit afraid of going through with it because this is not a doctor, this is not actually from a you, no, okay. I wasn't. I wow. Wasn't. You just know. You just knew that you wanted them, and this is who could do it. Yes, what I knew. And because wow. I knew, because that person was friends with my friend, was right. a friend of mine. Right. I didn't. And, and this is something. And because they do it all the time, because it's normal in Atlanta to get butt injections. I hate to say that, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It was. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel scared or anything because it seemed like it was the normal. And I mm-hmm. think because me, for me mentally to be able to, or physically to be able to balance out my own self body, that it, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a thought. It wasn't a thought. Right. You know, but now, you know, at the time it wasn't a thought. Right. You know, right. so, Right. You know, I so I mean, I get it. People are going to judge. People are going to say you shouldn't have got this, you shouldn't have got that, whatever. And I've had people say things to me that I felt was inappropriate, but you know mm-hmm. what I I tell them, 
I, I said I didn't call and ask you for a dime. Right. That's I didn't right. ask you for one dime. I said right. I got what I wanted to get. Yes, I got right. something at the time I thought was good. Later on, it caused me a health problem, and I still haven't asked you for a dime for me to go and get my surgery for my removal. So everything that right. I've done, I've done to myself, and God has blessed me to be able to get it fixed. And that's exactly right. what I said. And I don't think that you right. can make people feel bad when people are going through something that they can die from. Right. It's that serious. Like, people can right. use, lose their lives. People have lost limbs, can't walk, this in wheelchairs, all kind of stuff. So I was there when I was there and just had my surgery. Another girl came and got her surgery. I'm not going to say her name, but she got her surgery, and he had to cut eight pounds of her whole butt off. Mm. The whole thing. You know what I mean? So this is not something where I think people should be making fun of or should be making people feel bad. I think it should be a time where we as people, every race, should have some sort of compassion to help people get help. It's just like if somebody has cancer, if somebody has alopecia, anything. You need Mm -hmm. to step outside of yourself and have some compassion and concern because people can die from this. It's serious. Right. Right, no, me, absolutely. Let me, you, let, me, let me ask you, because I'm not, you know, I, I get it all confused when I was just saying, mm-hmm. um, is that what the singer K. Michelle had? Did she have the injections? Yeah, she had the injections, too, and Get Body by J okay. had injections, the liquid injections, yes. Okay, okay. And I, mm-hmm. and I know that she, I, I don't know if she actually did, but I know she was talking about having them removed because, I think that was some some health issues going on with her as well. Basically the same issues that I was having. And and she was saying she was going to, uh, and I'm just quoting kind of what she said, was she came on our show and was talking about it, and she was going to the doctors and trying to find out what was going on, and they thought she had lupus. Mm -hmm. Because the the, the, the swellings and stuff is similar to lupus. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was the silicone that her body it's your it's your body rejecting you start having if you start having swellings, that's your body saying, "Whatever this is in me, I don't want it, and if you do not get it out, your body is going to start swelling it's your body's going to start pushing it out, so it means your your it's going to start blowing up in your butt it's going to start blowing up like a balloon it's going to start pushing it down in your legs because it wants it out because gravity is to go down. So it's gonna, that's what's going to happen. So if you feel any first signs or any kind of swelling in your legs, in your hips, in your back, you need to go and fig, you need to figure out how to start getting that out because that's what's the first sign is the swelling. Wow. So, mm. ladies, if you're having any kind <laughs> of issues, you know, you can reach out to me and I'll answer any of your questions, you know. Feel free to reach out and shout out all, and shout out all of your um, your where they can find you on social media. Um, on Instagram, you, which is best to, you can um, it's Robbie R O B B I Rogers R O G E R S one, and you can DM me, you can email me at um, Robbie Rogers forty three at gmail dot com. You can send me an email. But on my business page, you can either call me or you, I mean, you can email me or 
DM me. But it's Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-R-O-G-E-R-S-1. And, you know, hopefully I can help save another life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we thank you so much, Robbie, for being here tonight. We really do appreciate you sharing your story, taking the time out. And um, I know that, you know, there are some people that are listening who can really, you know, benefit from what you had to share tonight. I really appreciate it. And I just pray that, um, you know, things will continue to go well with your recovery. Um, and when you go back, you know, just praying that everything uh, will work out just fine. Thank you. Y'all, I just want to say you guys are like my sisters. I've loved you both from the time that I met you both in Atlanta. You've always been the same people, same ladies, same sweethearts, and I just want to say I appreciate that. That's something that uh, is kind of lost in this industry, and I just say I respect you and I appreciate you guys for being who you are always. And thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Oh, you're so thank welcome. You so much. You're so welcome. Keep us posted with how things are going. I sure will. I will. I definitely will. All right. Thank you again, and have a great night. You too. Thank you both. You're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye bye. Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Again, as I said earlier, um, tonight's conversation is the start of our um, Definition of Beauty series. Um, We're so grateful to have Robbie on sharing her story. And, you know, everything that we talk about is more than just, like I said earlier, powder powder and paint. You know, we want to get to the heart of what beauty means to, you know, to those who listen to the show, to those we have a guest on the show. So we invite you all to join in on this campaign by sharing your definition of beauty. Um, and for those of you who would like to share an audio clip of what your definition of beauty is, it just has to be um, in an MP3 format. It has to be um, 60 seconds or less. Uh, your, your definition has to be 60 seconds or less. If the answer has to start off by saying beauty to me is, and you can send us that at um, you can send us that at beautygirlsmedia at gmail dot com. Um, again, that's beautygirlsmedia at gmail dot com. 60 seconds or less on an MP3 file format. Uh, for those of you who would like us to just read your responses on air. Uh, We'll also be sharing them um, on Twitter as well as on our Instagram page. You can just email us at beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com. That's beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com and um, get your responses over to us. For those of you who attach a picture with that email message, we will make sure that we post your picture as well as the definition on our beauty um, on our beauty talk media page on Instagram. So we get to put you in the spotlight. Um, but that, that's what we're looking to do, and that's what we're looking for people to do is send in those responses because we want to share it with the world um, so that people, you know, because there are a lot of people who have low self-esteem. Their definition of beauty is nothing great. 
and we want to be able to share with the world that, you know, share everyone's responses of what beauty is to them. So let me just ask um, really quickly, I will say in just a one-word um, definition, and I have several definitions of beauty, but one of my favorite definitions of beauty is beauty to me is confidence. So then what would you say your definition of beauty is in one word or less? Sorry, not one word or Man, less. I wish you <laughs> right. One word. I can give you less all day. Right. In one word, or if you can't do it in one word, what is your definition of beauty? Um, beauty to me is personal. And basically what I mean by that is it's how I interpret it. It's how you interpret it. It's how someone else interprets it. So beauty to me is personal. Absolutely. Great one word definition. So, again, we're looking for you guys to share your definition. So please um, hit us up at beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com. Put an S on girls. Um, And uh, we thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, We thank you. For those who listen to this show via the playback, thank you very much, um, everybody, for tuning in and for joining us each and every Sunday night. We want to say uh, hello to our listeners in London, those who are in Los Angeles, those who are in South Africa, Ghana, Asia, um, Australia. We have a, absolutely. We have in Brazil. We have listeners all over the world. So. Thank you guys for tuning in and for joining us. Um, thanks for being with us. And we would like to invite you guys to come back next Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we'll do it all over again. So in the meantime, everyone have a beautiful and blessed night. Have a wonderful and safe Fourth of July holiday, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com, friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818 691 1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today.